Bill and Nancy Burns Feature Theater fans, listen up. You guys are in for a treat. For the next couple months, as you know, Bill and Nancy are off the air. They're on a little hiatus working on some side projects. Well, guess what? For the next couple months until they return, Jesse Randolph's Euphonaut Radio will be switching time slots to 10 p.m. Eastern till midnight, Monday nights, just to accommodate some live radio until the return of Bill and Nancy Burns. So here we go, guys. Remember this. Put it on your calendar for the next couple months. Euphonaut Radio with Jesse Randolph, Christopher J. Brown, and myself will be live Monday nights at 10 p.m. till midnight. And then right after Euphonaut Radio is done, guess what? We have a best of episode with Future Theater. Remember, we've been on the air with them for a couple years now here on PSN Radio. So we're going to play a best of Future Theater episode live following Euphonaut Radio. So stick around for that, folks. This is Angel Espino once again for PSN Radio. What is truth? Truth is reality. It can be confirmed by evidence. It is verifiable. And we seek to find it. Welcome to Euphonaut Radio. Euphonaut Radio is a show that takes you on a truth journey outside the matrix to examine the worlds of ufology, the paranormal, and new science. Open your mind as we search for the truth that most are afraid to discuss. This is Euphonaut Radio with Jesse Randolph and Christopher J. Brown, only on PSN Radio. Euphonaut Radio Monday night, where else do you want to be? PSN Radio Network. I am your host, the not-so-honorable Jesse Randolph at times. But I do have the honorable Chris J. Brown back online, I believe. Chris, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, welcome back, sir. And, of course, the angel of ufology, Mr. Angel Espino. Sir, how are you? Accounted and present for, sir. I'm doing good. Good. Okay, we have a monster show tonight. Boom! I know that some of you have been craving uh, Bill and Nancy Burns, Future Theater. How can you not every Monday night missing them? Well, they are on a yoga retreat. Is that what they're doing? What are they doing? It's a small hiatus. It's a hiatus. I think they're in the mountains somewhere right now on a retreat. Hi- I'm trying to say how they say it in the, in the back. They're in a hiatus. They're like in, in the woods. Like Saturday night. Hey, they're in a hiatus. They're doing some dancing in the, in the <laughs> disco. Hey. Hey. Anyways, I know a lot hey. of people of those. Hey. <laughs> but, of course, 
for what's going on in ufology, exopolitics, the strange, the paranormal you have, Euphonaut Radio, here as your backup. I can't believe I'd ever say that, but here we are. The B team. What do you think, guys? <laughs> I've always Sounds wanted to be team. the B team. I think we are the deplorables. That's what we Listen, should call ourselves. Oh, don't you put me in that fucking bucket, dude. Let, we're going to go there in a minute. Don't even start. I'm a proud deplorable right here. Look, Hell yeah. One of the reasons we've got a monster show in store for all you kids out there tonight is because our world is so fucked up right now. No one is getting along. No one really knows what to believe, what to believe on television, what to believe on the internet. It's a very paranoid feeling that is sweeping the world, not just in the States here. And I know plenty of listeners, especially some of my paranoid friends. Remember in War Games when Matthew Broderick had to go talk to his geek friends? Movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great right? movie. And yep. he, he seen it at the movie theater in 1980, whatever it was. Okay. And, and, and he goes in there and he tells his girl to wait because these guys yeah. get a little jumpy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of listeners like that to our show. That's uh, They fit in that column sometimes, not to try to, you know... Um, not to try to group everybody in a column, but the point I'm making is is that this political atmosphere has really gotten people extra paranoid who weren't paranoid before. Mainstream. I'm not people. paranoid. I'm pumped. No, you. I, I, I was going to say something. I'm not saying it. I, I, I that was it. like a Trump thing. Remember the last debate? He's like, I was going to say something, but then I didn't. I was going to say something, but I wanted you to feel good about being on stage with me. <laughs> Well, there's one thing we know for sure, and that oh. is a fly landed on Hillary's face. Who said that? That was oh, yeah. Who's that? Who's on the line? Mysterious voice. A special guest who just entered. Yeah. The on the they not through the back door. That's uh, Danny Benton. Danny Benton joining us. Danny How are you, B. sir? And where are you calling in from tonight, just so we know? I am fine, sir, and I am in New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans, yeah. Louisiana. Where else would you want to be? A place that is just so peaceful. It never has any problems. There's no crime. I'm waiting for a rim shot there. Okay, it's not Uh, going. I'll be going to get drunk after this show. Yeah. (laughs) It's like that that great comment Trump said last night, Angel, uh, in his eloquence, uh, where he said that that that, uh, serviceman wouldn't have died if he was president. That was just classic Trump, man. Just you know what? But here's, here, here's the thing: last night was a complete win for Trump, and a complete colossal failure for Hillary. She had the chance to knock him completely you know, out of this thing. I watched it, and I have she to admit, didn't. Don did good, man. He did. He came back after he the came back. He, there he was came the, back. There he was one line in he there. Hold on. There was out. one line. There was one line in there that that was the knockout blow. And I was like, uh, "There's no, she has no chance after this one." Oh, and that, and that's that you be in jail. That is, that is the knockout blow because she says, "Oh well, thank God our country doesn't have a person running the, uh, you know, the, the federal whatever, you know, like Donald Trump." Yeah, because you'd be in jail. That is what America has been wanting to say to this woman for the last thirty years. Okay, this lady has done things that will put others in prison for life, and she's gotten away with it because she's a Clinton. That's can, a fact. Can you, can, can you stop hijacking the show on the soapbox? No, but, the Donald no, but I, 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 I like I, I like going on that. this tirade. 
I'm, I like doing this diary. It's pretty it's funny. <laughs> you have to calm down. <laughs> this, we have to be able to listen to each other. Okay, By the way, I'm going to start doing some YouTube videos on this subject in the next couple of days. We need to get our kidding. guest on if we're going to talk about this, because I know well, our guest has a lot to say. Oh, he's going to be on with us in, uh, about, what, 25 minutes, Danny? I haven't even the way, introduced the guest yeah. yet, for Christ. By the way, Danny, uh, props to Danny. He's, no, no, no. Danny right here is our, our new producer on the show, by the way, and uh, he's a producer Woo! on a couple different shows here on uh, PSN Radio. And Danny does a fantastic job. He, he's awesome at getting guests. He booked a guest tonight here for the show. And uh, Danny, welcome to Euphonite Radio's family, brother. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. He's my understudy, Jesse. So from time to time, you know, he'll be muted most of the time, but you'll hear me like you know, give him pointers on how to do things correctly and what I just did there and stuff like that. You know, just to keep him on his toes. And you know, he's my Padawan. He's learning. I already That's apologize right. in advance. How's that? All right. Does that Good work? Good now, job. look, let's get back into this for a second, because if you're the kids out there, you don't know what's coming up in the next hour here. Okay. Yes, we are going to talk politics tonight, folks, but not like you think. Not this snore fest, 15-minute circle of the same crapola over and over and over again. I will give Trump credit on one thing, and I will discuss that in a minute here, but tonight, you got to be wondering yourself, what is going on out there? What should I believe? Who can I believe? Well, in our sector, there are some people that have inner knowledge, in my opinion. These are people that have some sort of wisdom about themselves that is unexplainable at times, but you just know that this person knows and that you need to listen to them. It's almost very... uh uh, and a quick analogy would be listening to an astronaut because he's been on the moon or in space about space. Or if you want to listen to someone about the disclosure movement, you talk to Steve Bassett, right? Well, for anything right, in between right. that's somewhat strange, our guest tonight, Mr. Robert Morningstar, has always been this sort of go-to guy when you're confused, when you're a little afraid, when you're a little paranoid, when you're saying to yourself, what the hell should I do? Now, for some people, David Icke, right? Right, guys? And I have, I have trouble with Icke. I really do. I've gone to see him. Uh, in fact, quick story, I went to see him, and as all of you probably know, because you've watched this stuff, I'm sure, he'll speak for like three to six hours. That's, that's his running time. And I've heard him go longer. Okay? Here's the thing. And I voiced this right afterwards, and it wasn't taken very well by some of the other folks in the audience, but I just said it anyway because that's, that's how I do. And he didn't offer an FAQ at the end. He didn't offer up the floor to questions. And I just thought that was so bizarre. Yeah, you're sitting there listening to his dogma for seven hours, okay, and you can't ask a question at the end? So, he likes I, to hear himself talk, though, Jesse. That's the thing. He just likes to go on and on and on. He knows what he has prepared to say, so he doesn't want to have anything deviate from his propaganda. You know? Well, perhaps, but I will say that, that I, a lot I, of I, I record everything I say, and, I, re, and I, I listen to it just because I like to hear myself talk. Is that true? Just kidding. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> well, with Chris here, you never know, though. You never know. I, I, I think that was a true statement. Yes, I think it might. All Who right. knows? Okay. Hey, if you're on radio, you should listen to yourself sometimes. I try not to, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> I do listen to PSN radio when I'm taking a shower, if you want to get that visual. 
No, not so much. Not so much. Anyway, back to Ike, and here's how it fits into our guests tonight and what I need to hear more about, because a treasure trove. Do you know what a treasure trove is, guys? Uh, I'm about to find out. Yeah, they had that in the Goonies, didn't they? Yeah, well, that that is a treasure trove. Right. A treasure trove, a wet dream, so to speak, for a ufologist. (laughs) Has been released I by know the man, by one of the men who actually knows what the fuck is going on somehow, and probably is the supreme puppet master worldwide as we speak. His name's Julian Assange. He's not our guest way, tonight. It's eleven eleven. I just want to let everybody know that. Oh no. Good You know, I'm already nervous enough doing the show, and then you got to throw that in there. Just saying. I just noticed it's eleven eleven. You know, you can't do that to a Jewish guy. You have to get all worked up. Now I gotta take a fucking Xanax in the break. Okay. It's 11-11. Okay, we're gonna get through 11-11. You'll be okay. You'll be alright. You'll okay. be alright. Anyway, Assange. Assange knows what's going on. He's pulling the strings. And he releases this treasure trove. What's in it? What's in it? Hey, go over to Open Minds. Check it out. I love those guys. They've got great articles. Alejandro Rojas, great little guy. Right? Oh, He's not that, that sounded, little. I met him in person. Hold on, that sounded like little Marco. That's not cool. That yeah, that's not, not cool. That's insulting. And he's not a little guy. Like I was, was meant to be insulting. He was just such a nice person that I know. But it's a, like, he's such a nice little guy. Little yeah, that was not cool. I had your little has a little guy, little tiny fella. <laughs> but wait a minute, am I taller than him? Am I taller? Walks around his little feet. Look, he's he's not like Toronto or something. He's he's taller. I mean, he's not like. What's that that little mini me guy? Troy uh, Voyer? Yeah, I remember he peed Voyer? all over the floor in that reality uh, show. Yeah, surreal. That was like the end that. of him. Remember he like whizzed himself? Yeah, that was gross. It was the end of him. Totally. <laughs> um, it was it's funny, it's the funniest like moment, though, to be honest. How did we segue there? Yeah, how do we go to Midge's peen in the corner? I'm sorry, little people. I want to be It was like seeing Vern whiz himself in a corner, and like that he passed out in his chair, his little like little taxi chair, you know, that he he zooms around his buggy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he peed all over that too. It was gross. It was, it was funny as hell, yeah. I gotta admit. Hey, look, the guy gets <laughs> mega hot chicks, so there you go. And that's Uh-oh. locker room talk right there. Yeah. Just a little locker Be careful. room talk. Be like, careful with what you say there, Jesse. You know, can't wait to talk about that. Everybody's PC now about that kind of stuff. Listen, Assange, the puppet master. Love this is guy. no joke, kids. If you're awesome. a ufologist, go on over, check out Open Minds. I don't care about pimping them. I, I pimp everybody. That's the whole point. I don't care. I don't make a dollar for doing this. I do it because I care. Because I know there's truth to this. Now look at Open Minds. They're pimping the Assange documents. This dump. This guy dumps all this stuff out there. And sure enough, there's stuff about ETs. And who is it related to? These are emails, keep in mind. Because that's pretty much what WikiLeaks has been focused on now for what? You know, a year? Which is putting out these dumps of emails that they get through hack sources, right? Guccifer, et cetera. Right, right, right. Um, and sure enough, they do a query, and ETs are showing up in Podesta emails. Yeah, but does that shock you? I mean, we know he, he's interested in the subject. We know that him and Hillary have talked about, you know, real, you know, looking into no, the ufology this is subject. Far, there's, there's hearsay, oh, 
and then there is black and white. This is an actual cable. These are actual cables of Podesta getting emails from folks and talking to folks. And okay. I'm telling you, I just read a little bit of this stuff. It's it's very tantalizing, but to a researcher, to those doers out there, to you name it, there's so many good ones. Guy, A guy like Kevin Randall or someone who can really pour through this stuff, Bob Wood, whoever, there are thousands and thousands of emails. Now they have it. Bassett was right. Bassett was right. He was right about uh-huh. these conversations that you think yep. are just sort of everybody knows. These You're conversations are happening. Yep. It, it is truly amazing. Mm. Like I said last time I was on, I hope one day when they build that statue of his, that, you know, we can still all be alive to talk about it and, you know, thank him because he was right. And I, and I told him that a long time ago that I hope that everything that he's been saying comes out to be true because that's going to be vindication for the last 20 years. That man has put in work. Well, look. Okay. I think I've always given Steve credit. In fact, you remember, I remember getting into a very bad argument, uh, mm-hmm. if you remember, uh, with the Paracast. Oh, I remember. Was, I remember. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was horrible. And they threatened uh-huh. to sue me. And, I mean, just terrible stuff. Um, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that Assange knows everything at this point. He's holding the keys to the kingdom. I don't know what he's going to do next, but I'll tell you, it's pretty exciting. This is a guy who penetrates walls. He penetrates the walls that you, I, and all the other kids listening tonight want to do. They want to get inside Area 51. They want to walk down the halls. They want to find out what they know. It's not fair. We paid for it. Right? So, I want to talk to Robert tonight about who to believe. Who does he go to to believe? This is a guy, and I want you guys to chime in here. Morningstar for me is probably the, one of the best experts on Kennedy assassination, of course. Oh, absolutely. But it goes so far beyond that, and I want you guys to kick in here, but I mean, his knowledge base of exopolitics is so vast. Um, and his psychology, his psychiatry uh, background is just impressive. His knowledge of inner workings and top secret clandestine operations, etc. Protocol. Protocols, excuse me. What, what do you guys think of Robert Morningstar as far as what he's an expert at? I mean, it's a very long list. Well, I mean, besides ufology, of course, the Kennedy, you know, assassination, I would say him and Bill Burns are up there as probably the two most knowledgeable individuals uh, in this field when it comes to, you know, at least the Kennedy assassination. And uh, Robert Morningstar, you know, he has dissected the Sapruta film. He's talked uh, extensively about, you know, how Oswald uh, didn't act alone if he even was the killer or was involved. Uh, you know, he's been at this for many, many years, and uh, again, he's also been at ufology for many, many years. UFO Digest, he's one of their, you know, main guys, and he's been there for a long time writing articles and stuff for him. So, I mean, the, he's the real deal also. I have a lot of respect for uh, Robert. Well, and it's just crickets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh his awesome crickets, crickets are terrific. Yeah, oh, when he does awesome. interviews a lot, oh, you I can hear the crickets, oh. and mm-hmm. it's very soothing. He's got yeah, a very soothing is. voice, too. It's just that 
I don't know. Maybe I look at him as a uh, an older brother figure. I don't know. But throughout the years, you know, it, it's funny you see that because I see him kind of in the same way. Like he, he, I've known him for so long now. I've had him so many times on different shows that I've I come to like think of him as an older brotherish friend, you know, that I've known from like personally known for a long time because he comes off as a very nice, humble, presentable, and approachable individual. Centered. Yeah. Very centered. He, correct. Yeah. He, uh, he's, uh, Angel, you took the words right off my mouth about him and Bill Burns being up there on the same level. But, uh, yeah, Robert's just a really nice guy. He yep. is like Bill Burns. He knows something, a, a little something about everything. And, uh, you know. And a shitload about Kennedy's assassination. <laughs> oh, yeah. Plenty. Yep. And Plenty he's going to have some insight tonight, I hope, about this treasure trove I'm speaking about and how or who is going to want to dive headfirst into this. Obviously, it's not going to get much press because, as you can see, who's who's breaking the story? Rojas and the gang, right? Not uh, not Donald T or the uh, uh, Angel Espino uh, tr- um, Trump Never Club. Nothing like no, that. Hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. Never, never Trump. Never is Hillary. that what it's called? Never Hillary. Ta- you know, tr- hashtag say, Never Hillary. I found – let's get into last night real quick here. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. So I, I don't mind going around. That would be, that'd be exciting. Uh, I thought it was one of the most embarrassing moments of our country, if we are still a country. Well, if Hillary uh, gets elected, we won't be a country, but continue. Okay. Can I finish with – no, Open borders, I'm saying. Open uh, borders. This is just locker room talk anyway. By the way, yeah. yeah. Um, I, think, I think that Donald Trump – uh, was terrible last night. I think he looked embarrassing. Uh, I don't even think he knew how to make the arguments that you can make very well. I really, guys, I'm not an old, I'm not that old, but it, for me, it was the most disturbing, embarrassing moment of our country since I've been alive. Besides the fact that we've gone and murdered hundreds of thousands of people for no reason overseas, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the political spectrum. Okay, so I. For me, absolute embarrassment. I can't believe these people are in the same room together, and I cannot believe that this guy somehow finagled to this point to be the GOP candidate. But I will say this. I will say this. I don't think this will ever happen again. Some people think it's going to. I don't think it will ever happen where some guy who is basically a builder in Manhattan, uh, resort guy, tycoon, decides, you know, I guess Perot could be, looked at it in the same light because he was a tycoonish kind of guy but he didn't have the same kind of thing going on he didn't have a reality show he wasn't a uh, entertainment guy it's kind of like if harrison ford decided to run for president and he just won except harrison ford's not a dick although he yeah, is but, kind of yeah but jesse hold on hold on uh can i remind you of ronald reagan ronald reagan yeah. an actor who became one of the best presidents uh, and most beloved presidents this country's ever had and he was a yep. freaking actor. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, he was pretty handsome. But the point is that you cannot just judge a guy because he was a builder in New York and say he could not be the president. We had a fucking actor president, okay? I, I, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
No, you are not looking at it in the same light, Angel. Uh, uh, Ronald Reagan had a, a vast amount of experience in politics before he became and president. You don't think that for 30-plus years dealing in the, in the industry of business worldwide that Donald Trump has not acquired the knowledge on how to be politically interactive with other Why nations would I and take other that businesses? Chance? How do I know that it equates? He's been doing it for 30 years. He's had, he has over he has 500 years. anything in yes. politics. Yes, hold on, let me finish. He has over 500 and something businesses, all right? Six of them have gone bankrupt. That's like a 97% success rate, right? First of all, he's a very successful businessman. He knows how to handle businesses. This country is a large corporation that houses many thousands and thousands of miniature corporations. That's what this country is. It's a big business. Why would you keep putting lawyers that are crooked and corrupt in office? Put a business guy. He might be a little crooked here, maybe a little corrupt there, maybe he's a little, hey, he's an everyday guy. You know he what? talks like a guy you know talks. But I, you know what? He's a businessman. Pause so I can respond. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, sure. Maybe you're right. Maybe uh, in, in the in the Oval Office, where his position would be best suited, would be I don't know, director of housing or chairman of housing, whatever post that is. Oh, that is. You silly. want to put him in something silly like that? Oh, but it's okay to have Ronald Reagan an actor. Experience in politics. Why would I trust to cross my fingers on something like that? Or, or I could keep things the way they are, which is kind of the way I look at it. Which is, you know, it, it ain't so bad. It, it, there's plenty wrong. Are but you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you know how many? Let's now let's turn to the actual part of embarrassment. Oh I, my goodness! I can't be associated with a guy that talks this way. I can't be associated with being able to support somebody that says the things that he says just because he because of his financial strata. We don't do that. What? Because here. he said something eleven years ago. No, this is how the guy talks. This is how the guy Who thinks. Who cares? This is how most guys talk. Oh, no. I do not talk like this. And well, I'm a you guy, you're, guy. You're, you're, you're one in a... I did all that. We've, we've talked about... We've, we've all talked in private. We've all talked in private, and we've all gotten crass. I like arm wrestling. I just don't. Chris. I don't. You are the co-host, Chris. Go ahead. You're the co-host. Go ahead, please. I did. I'm done. I want to say something. Okay. Go ahead, go I ahead, just go was going to say, when is Mark Burnett going to come out with those tapes of all the Apprentice and we can hear all the other things that he said not 11 years ago, but just a year or two ago, and then maybe we can get more of a real picture. But, Whoa. you know, I, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen because of legal causes, but uh, they're like, out, you know. Ben let me, Carson let me... said last night that there's more stuff coming down the pipes for Trump, so he needs to prepare his... Um, you know the people who. Are it doesn't worry him. you guys that there's so many people just trying to character assassinate this guy from the very beginning. I don't think they, that he needs any help. He does it all himself. The, uh, considering what the option is on the Democratic side, doesn't bother you guys that the one guy who doesn't have an affiliation to any of these major corporations that are pulling the strings or secret societies that are pulling the strings, that guy is being assassinated by both sides. They have interest to special interest group like the Saudi Arabians. This does not. Trouble you guys at all? Yeah, it troubles me that this guy okay, is even being considered. Does it not, tr oh, does not trouble you that one person who wants to bring in X amount? What was it like six hundred thousand uh, Syrian Muslims uh, and not even vet them properly so we understand who they are? Doesn't that bother you that this woman wants to bring in more people into this country, give them citizenship, yeah. without even knowing if they're legit yeah. lovers of this country or if they want to like blow us up? Yeah, we that trouble you guys. That's what's going to happen. That's how if all of us got here, so Fox. That's how we all got here. We're all immigrants, 
and everybody who starts thinking they were born on this fucking island are crazy. That's not the point. That's okay. not the point, Jesse. We're taking immigrants from a country that is at war with us. We're taking their whatever people. It could be some of the people that are actually I didn't know we were wanted at to war kill with us. Syrians. They don't give a shit about. This is a Dude, smoke the screen. Syrian, oh this my is goodness. why I want to talk to Morningstar. So I am sick of this. I will tell so you lost. this. Not only is he embarrassing, Whew. the things that he said, the things that he continues to say. I'm, I'm a New Yorker, okay? This guy, man, he just brings an ugliness to the whole thing. And I will say something else. Uh, if you elect a guy like this, and I hope everybody who doesn't care about this shit is listening, this guy is going to kill tons of people overseas. We have killed so many innocent people. And, you elect a and guy Obama like this. Obama hasn't? And the Obama first hasn't. thing he's going to do. The first thing he's going to do Clinton has is it. use military power. It's the first hold on, thing hold on. so we can get accolades. First I'm telling you right now. He, and Clinton and Bush and, and you don't think Obama hasn't killed thousands and thousands of people overseas, Jesse? Innocent men, women, and children? You don't think they haven't done it? And they of might course, eat. Yeah, they've they're, all been doing it. And guess what? Yeah. Hillary Clinton was. Asleep. Hillary Clinton wasn't given a crap at three in the morning when Benghazi happened. Oh, and some on. of our own That's Americans stupid. died. Fucking three o'clock in the morning bullshit. That's a bunch true, of crap. Though. Okay, but it's true though. It's just like trying to say he was on. He, he does cocaine because he sniffed a lot. I'm not going to say shit like that. I'm just talking about truth. Jerry Fisher. And if he does, who cares? Terry Fisher, she's a cokehead, and she knew she she knows all the symptoms, and she called it out. And so, oh, know, who cares? He was a cokehead. Who cares if he's done cocaine? You know how many white people and black people have done cocaine? Star Wars guy, you should, this should I don't care about Terry Fisher saying that. It doesn't matter Gary if he's done cocaine. No. It doesn't Die. matter. Even know. if he does in, or has in the past, it doesn't matter. Oh Who cares? Obama's done cocaine. There's a story about Obama not only doing cocaine with a, a gay guy, he got a blowjob from it, this guy. And this, this went viral, this and Obama, Obama story. never went after this guy. No, okay, no. so hey, there's all kinds of stories about Obama, about Clinton. Who no. cares about him, his, if he's snorting well, cocaine I hear or not, has to say about or if he's sniffing. God. Yeah, the thing is that it's amazing how People Seriously. that support Hillary or people that support Trump see this so differently and how divided we are as a country right now. It, it truly is amazing how it's uh, a, certain group, fault. a certain group of people can see things totally different than the other people. Uh, it just blows me away. Yeah. I mean, Agreed. It's such a divided nation right now. And, and look, we've fault. always had division, right? Uh, we've always had racial inequality and issues um, where minorities are having trouble uh, not only uh, from assimilation issues but also mostly on the economics front right uh, opportunities etc that that is a really difficult staircase to climb up and down and it seems that's what it does it, you know you take two steps up you take three steps back I mean now it's becoming normal. For us to wake up and hear about police officers getting uh, gunned down uh, pretty regularly. And then on the flip side, it's pretty normal to hear about people who don't have any weapons on them getting gunned down. So talk about just in my community alone, you know, to see a sign that says Black Lives Matter. The fact that they even need that sign is pretty wacky. You know, you, you start walking down the street and you see these things on people's lawns. You're like, wow. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I, you know, it goes it goes past your face real quick, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what that is. But those three words, you know, to, for people to put that on their lawns, it's it, it's disturbing. It, it really is. And and a guy like Morningstar, I'm looking forward to to get the inside scoop because I was so frustrated today, and I knew I was gonna run into Angel here, uh, the, the Angel of Ufology, and yeah, I bless him, but That's man. Right. I mean, we couldn't be, uh, Danny's right, we couldn't be uh, uh, more polar opposites here. Even with our love of ufology, even with our belief system and the ET presence and the state. And you know what the funny part is, though, Jesse? You're a Democrat, correct? No. What are you, independent? I'm an independent. I've always have been. And and I used to think of myself as a radical. Well, Hmm. you are radical, but in a different way. I've been a Democrat for the last 15 years. I started off as a Republican, switched over to being a Democrat, been Democrat for the last 15 years. I am leaving the Democratic Party because I'm ashamed of what's going on in that party, and I'm switching to independent. I'm not even a Republican. So I'm not voting for Trump because he's a Republican, I'm a Republican, I love the Republicans. No, that's not it. The reason I'm voting for Trump is because he talks like guys talk. He is one of us in that essence. He's always been that character. If you followed Trump for the last 30 years in his endeavors and the stuff he's done, the public life, the public image, whatever, he has always been the same guy. And he has said things in the past that really, to me, I mean, he said stuff 20 years ago about the way he sees his country moving forward and the stuff that is happening that is leading to corruption and to bad times coming up. And guess what? He was right. The guy knows what he's telling. He's not a stupid dude. Like, people have a, a I, I never, I never thought he was stupid. No, but there's a misconception about this guy that he's some idiot or something. He is not. He's very well prepared. Let me tell you something. Yeah, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. His dad gave him a few million dollars to start a company. But guess what? He turned that into billions, and then he lost it all. And then he did. You know what he did? Yeah, he declared, uh, you know, his taxes where he took all that money that he lost was like almost a billion dollars. Which he admitted he Dude, lost. Dude, don't you? There's loopholes oh, that he went through, which are legit. So real quick, real quick, real come quick. On. Let me just finish my point. Okay. The point is, he came back and he is really the American dream. A person who was here, had it all, lost it all, and came back and did it again. And you got to give him that kind of respect. He is not a stupid dude. He's a businessman. And we need somebody with a business mind to help get this country going again, to get jobs back into this country, to get the economy moving in the right direction. The economy is not moving in the right direction. Don't get it confused. I'm in the working field, Jesse. I work for a living really, really hard. I see a lot of different commerce, and it's not exactly the best times. No, it's not. Who who said that yeah, it was? Well, it's I, terrible. I know well, you guys. You know, you're a Republican. You got a Democrat. Well, I'm a give a crap. Well, we got we got we got Robert Morningstar on the on the hold. You guys got to go on break in, yeah. in a second here. But uh, not to cut you off, uh, Chris. Sorry, but we got Morningstar waiting up in the wings. We've been uh, going through uh, the break here in the last couple of minutes. So let's do that, Jesse. You want to uh, hit the break and get Robert on the line? Yeah, of course. Chris, uh, when we come back, we'll get, we'll get your thoughts, okay? Because yep. there's going to be plenty of time to uh, hear everybody out. When we come back, we're going to put some semblance to all of this somehow, together. It's the best way to do it. Don't Let's listen to each other, too. We got to. You can see it boiling when Angel's talking. You can feel the aggression. You can feel the distance where people are getting fed up. They're getting angry, and they're also saying to themselves, I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to listen to. Well, maybe our next guest has some insights. I sure hope he does, because I was thinking about it today, and I said, you know what? 
Maybe Robert can make some sense of this because I don't know what to do anymore. When we come back, Mr. Robert Morningstar, you're listening to Euphonaut Radio on PSN Radio Network with Jesse Randolph, the Honorable Chris J. Brown, the Angel of Ufology, and Mr. Ooh. Dave Benton will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. Euphonaut Radio, Monday night. We're back here and we've got our guest all prepped, waiting in the wings to bring us some sort of clarity with this craziness that has unfolded in the past month and change. I want to talk to him about so many things and I was thinking to myself today, if there's one guy that I wouldn't mind rapping about all this stuff with and trying to get some insight. It's a guy by the name of Robert Morningstar. Are you there, sir? I'm here. Ready to oh. go. He's ready to go. And you're back east. You're in New York, correct? Right. New York City, in the heart of it. Right on Manhattan. The Big Apple. Yeah. And, you know, right off the bat, i got to ask you, uh, obviously, Robert, you have such a background in so many areas. Uh, of course, psychiatry and your knowledge of the inner workings of uh, covert operations. Yeah, uh, psychology is actually uh, a preferred term. Psychiatry is uh, a, a more specific uh, field dealing with mental illness, but psychologists deal with it too. Yeah, so yeah, I'm very lucky to have grown up in New York and to have been uh, in the center of uh, one of the greatest learning centers in the world. So thank you. Well, well, what, what do you think? What did you think? Uh, first of all, you know. When you tell people you're from New York, I live in Oregon now, so for a long time. So obviously sometimes it's obvious, sometimes not. But I don't want to be looped into 
a Trump person because, mm -hmm. uh, especially in my part uh, of the woods here, not mm -hmm. such a good thing to display. However, yeah. I first wanted to say, how does it feel as this guy, is he representing New York to you? Is it somebody that you feel good about? What are your thoughts on yeah, I feel good him about in general? Him. I feel good about him. And I was uh, thinking about, you know, the New York personality. And, the, you know, we talk about the New York personality. Some people talk about the New York accent. And they always think the New York accent is a 30-33rd right, right, right. exaggerated uh, cultural uh, caricatures. But uh, each borough does have a distinct personality and sense of humor and way of, and body language. And I was looking at uh, Trump, and I was saying, "Man, that is really a Queens guy. He's yeah. just—he's just <laughs> like the guys I went to school with at Power Memorial Academy, and uh, my best friend in high school was from Queens. And people from Queens are so quick and I'm sharp. And sharp. Who's from Queens? I'm from Queens. For kind of, well, I'm from New Gardens. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the sense of humor and the rep the quickness. You know, when somebody, you know, ranks on you. Remember when sounding on people and ranking on people? When somebody ranks on you, the Queen's, uh, the Queen's character and characteristic is instant defense and reply and retort. And, uh, I was laughing and say, and thinking of my best friend in high school who, uh, who kind of introduced me to that Queen's mannerism and punstering and bantering and uh, one-upsmanship. So I was uh, very happy to see that he's, you know, he's the real guy. What you see is what you get. And this is not what very, I expected at all. Very I'm, direct. I'm right now, I'm saying very direct. You say what you you're, think. You're, you're echoing my words in the last hour. Uh, I am Robert, blown away right now because I, I was saying the same kind of thing that he he is. He speaks like the rest of us, like you know, normal guys talk. He's not some puppet who is you know sounding off like reading off a cue card. Like he's yeah. very authentic. He just talks like a guy talking. You know what? Exactly. Yeah, guys get gross sometimes when they talk about chicks. It happens. Sorry, right. ladies. Right. But guess what? So do women. If not, who the hell's buying all the uh, oh, Fifty Shades of Grey stuff? Huh? I said, I said, <laughs> come to on. People. You know, you ladies are into that kind of sex talk, too. Don't don't lie to yourself. Stop being hypocrites. No, no, you cannot yeah. say that on my on this show. You cannot <laughs> okay, say that women enjoy that. That's ridiculous. Uh, among themselves. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there is the truth. Listen. Right, you just aren't meeting the right kind of women, I guess. That's all I, I, have, I just have to say that when <laughs> those tapes came out, and I, I heard the whole tape expose on uh, the gloating CNN, I started laughing so hard that I almost rolled off this chair. And I said to myself, man, this is going to backfire on the Clintons so badly. They don't know what they've done. They've opened up a can of worms. In a, in a condition where they have a bigger can of worms and bigger worms inside. And I know this is going to blow up and the blowback is going to be incredible. And I thought that he handled it really, really well. And um, he humbled himself. He was deeply embarrassed. And I thought he handled it very well. So I'm, uh, I'm pleased so with So you're that. obviously voting for Trump. Uh, if it upsets your audience, I will keep my vote <laughs> until after the I election. think it might upset the host, not so much the audience. <laughs> no, it's yeah, not. Just, I, wanted, I just want to get 
I don't <laughs> look. The point of this show was Robert. We don't know what to believe anymore. People don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, I need I... help at this point, and I wanted you to give me your consensus on what the hell is going on. A uh, reality does. check. I think it's a big reality check on people, and I'm really happy to see it because what's happened is that after all the years of disinformation and public deception and MK Ultra mind controlling uh, the nation into turning them into a bunch of munchkins uh, controlled by the Wizard of Oz that controls mass media, uh, the country's awakened and their the language is being restored. That's the other thing about Trump. The language is being restored to us because political correctness kind of muted muted us and in some cases just silenced us uh, and kept us from talking directly to subjects, objects, topics. And I think uh, it's uh, wonderful that people are talking naturally. Can I, can I say something real quick, guys? No, <laughs> you, know, you can't. There was a, well, I'm, well, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> say there, was it, a be- there was a beautiful part in the debate yesterday, which kind of like, it really like, it, it brought it all home to me, uh, how much of a rigged system that we live in. The moment mm-hmm. that Trump goes on, He's immediately getting interrupted. He's getting stopped. He's he's getting you know just really trampled over by uh, Anderson Cooper and the other girl that was there. The two girls were moder- moderating the thing. Oh uh, well, you I wouldn't call. Yeah, uh, Martha yeah. Raddatz. She started yeah. arguing with him as if she was Hillary Clinton. I you don't know, but, but that had to happen because they have been really just hard as hell on him and softballs to Hillary. And it's been just blatantly obvious, and it's I'm happy that he finally called him out on it. He called Anderson Cooper, and he called the girl, uh, what's her name, Martha, he called her out on it also, and he let him have it on air. And he did it more than once to the point that you saw after he did it a couple times, how Anderson Cooper had this stone-cold look on his face like, I can't believe you actually went there. And he changed the strategy around, and he had to like start calling Hillary also, because you know what? It has been obvious to the American people that this has been a rigged system and mm-hmm. this debate the last two debates have, and even the, the vice presidential debate also the what is debates, that, what is the rigged system element that you referred to because it's, oh, it's I'll a get kind there. of I'll gross okay if you want I'll go there if you give me a second I'll go there but like well, I was saying I the, three, you a second already. the three saying. debates have, have really showcased how one sided everybody is and they're all doing it to get this one woman elected a woman right. who has connection with our biggest enemies the Saudi Arabians right. guess yeah. what Saudi Arabia is who did 9-11 the yeah. hijackers were from, from Iraq they were Saudi Arabians Jesse, the rigged part of the system is what Angel is talking about, that the media has turned into a Completely. government cabal, and they choose, the, they choose the winner, and then they all conform. But you know what? This is very interesting. What it, uh, a profession that is uh, turned into professional liars and deceivers. What is the thing that they fear the most? A person that will come on the air and mm-hmm. tell the truth. Sink or swim, uh, come what may. And Tell it how it is. Can't handle yeah. the. They can't handle the frankness. The well, direct- Robert, what, what about and let's let's uh, let's segue here into how this comes into our hemisphere of ufology. Folks. Oh, I got and, the first segue for you. Yeah, go ahead, go for it, brother. Well, listen, I'm, I um, it's inseparable from what we're going through, but right now. I want to segue into that by saying that WikiLeaks dumped a whole 
another set of uh, files, uh, emails from John Podesta, Hillary Clinton. You know, there there really there was a first dump on the day that the lewd tape came out, and so the lewd tape was a smokescreen to cover up the WikiLeaks uh, document dump. But they did a second one. And in this one, they have John Podesta's email. And the New York Times has brought attention to a series of emails dealing with UFOs. And John Podesta, uh, in uh, correspondence with people who are uh, interested in the UFO subject. And I think that the, at this moment, the UFO subject is being used as a smokescreen, as a distraction to take people's eyes off all the other documents that relate to the Clinton Foundation, John Podesta, uh, Sidney Blumenthal, and so many of the emails that were um, deleted intentionally from her server. But the UFO issue is really important in the Clinton campaign because since last year at this time, uh, the Clinton campaign has been trying to hijack the UFO community vote. They've been planting the, the idea that Hillary Clinton is the president who's going to disclose UFOs to the nation. And they've been trying to lure... Well, Steve Bassett, that's what Bassett believes too. You know Exactly. That. Well, here's yeah. what happened to me. Listen, Steve Bassett and I are friends. We were in San Francisco together for the... Uh, secret space uh, program breakaway civilization conference and I support disclosure and so does he but you know we're going up about it in, in different uh, vectors but he sent me this article a paradigm uh, research uh, group produces a newsletter and it was about Hillary Clinton, Lawrence Rockefeller uh, John Podesta etc and um going to the idea that her presidency would be the disclosure presidency. So what I did is I published it. I made it the headline. On my birthday, which is in about uh, eight days, on my birthday, I published this uh, newsletter, uh, edited it, and uh, put it on UFO Digest. It was there for one day because on the next day, Hillary Clinton was scheduled to go to the Benghazi hearings and we got hacked at UFO Digest, and we were knocked off for eight days before we could come back on. And it was wow. that for the entire duration of that period when she was before the Benghazi Committee for 11 hours and then replying and uh, responding on every talk show for the next eight days. And after that, we were able to restore and get UFO Digest back on. We've been hacked about five times since... Uh, since Dirk uh, Vanderplug, the founder, passed away. Oh, I didn't even know he passed. Oh, it, it was a, a very, very uh, terrible loss. Very, oh, yeah, R.I.P. Dirk, he was a nice guy. Yeah, he was. And uh, he and I worked together for 11 years. Uh, wow, to, to super develop nice guy. Stuff. Did a good job, too. Yeah. So it fell on me to keep it going. Well, and hold on. You're bringing up some very interesting points here, and that's what I was so, hoping you'd do. Because what you're saying, if I'm getting this right, because Bassett, you're saying you guys are friends, and I get that. Uh, yeah. I don't. I know Steve a long time. We're not friends, but I, I think I've interviewed him enough times over the years where I get where he's coming from, sure. and I get his belief system because he mm -hmm. lays it out so well. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me, from what you're talking about, uh, 
uh, again, with your knowledge of clandestine operation type stuff, you, even researching uh, Kennedy stuff, it seems like you're saying that the Clinton campaign and the cobal or the conspiracy elements mm-hmm. are using ufology, using that idea mm-hmm. as a smokescreen. And that would bump right, that would bump heads with Steve Bassett, would it not? Yes, it would. Uh, no, they're not using it as a smokescreen to hide anything. They're luring. They're using it as a uh, political voting block that they want to lure to side with Hillary Clinton on the prospect that she would be the disclosure president. But if the woman can't tell us about Benghazi... Right. So, but, but, but Bassett, just to clarify, believes... I know he that, believes that, but I don't believe that. I'm See, saying so, you guys do not agree on that. That's, yeah, that's I don't. I don't. I don't believe he's being used or he's a smokescreen. No, he's a sincere uh, activist for UFO disclosure, and he sees that as the pathway to UFO disclosure. And I'm very skeptical of that. Right, so, because if you believe that, uh, and what you're saying, uh, if I be- if I'm reading it right. It might be a great way to use people like Bassett because if he truly believes that Hillary Clinton is going to do this, which he does. I mean, you have him on the show, and the guy is, makes it seem like disclosure is going to happen next week. And I know that he's been doing that for a very long time, and some people kind of kid around about it. But the the things that he outlined just a couple months ago have happened. The, the, they're right here, and the guy behind everything – is a guy by the name of Julian Assange. So give me your two cents on Assange, what you take from him. This guy, to me, uh, Robert, seems yes. like a, a puppet master of some kind. He really seems to have control of a lot of strings in the background. What do you think? You're talking about Assange? Yes. Oh, yes. I think Assange is... Uh, uh, I think Assange is a victim of a system that opposes truth and wants to control all information and they went too far in attacking him and he has a a justifiable vendetta against Hillary Clinton because she wanted to have him killed it, it she she made a statement why can't we just have this guy droned yep was that what came out so that is lethal you know when if you and I or I said it it would be a joke but when Hillary Clinton says that to Barack Obama or the National Security Council, that's not a joke. We've seen what uh, his uh, propensity for drone kills are. Obama, he's killed more people with drones than anyone else uh, in history. So when she said, can't we just drone this guy, she wasn't kidding. So I think that Assange, in an act of self-defense is doing these things and showing us her real murderous character. And I'm yeah. not kidding when I'm saying that. You know, I, her... But who's who's controlling Assange is my question because it just oh. doesn't seem like it's three guys, WikiLeaks, mm-hmm. doing all this stuff, obviously. Well, I think it started off with three guys in WikiLeaks and then some kind of uh, powerful support system came in to, to protect him, really. He wouldn't... I don't think he'd be alive... If somehow his yeah, he's a, he's in hiding, correct? He's, well, he's in, in 
Ecuadorian embassy. Right, exactly. He can't leave. Hiding. Yeah, he can't leave there. He's like, he's not yeah. in hiding. He's he's tra- he's basically he's under not, house arrest. He, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Oh, he's actually under asylum. That's what the technical term is. He's under asylum. Because well, that, the guy hit him out somewhere. Is what I mean. Yeah. Well, he he seriously he knows that. I mean, it's not like he can go to like the local Seven Eleven by himself. No, but he's a exactly. brilliant man. He's a brilliant man. You, uh, he yeah, knows, knows go his, and um, it's a terrible, it's a terrible situation to be in. You know, he really is a, a prisoner. So you don't, you don't think? I feel at this point that there's got to be some heavy-duty sources that are funneling through him. Oh, maybe even nations. I think that maybe who knows? Maybe even Russia and other countries. And other people and activists and hackers in all countries are, are attaching themselves and sending him information. But well, he, blow, he kind of blows Snowden away. I'm not trying to be a dick, but mm-hmm. it, it, you know what Snowden did and the price that he had to pay for it, and still mm-hmm. pay. Uh, yes, I think, but I think both of them are, are similar people, and I respect what uh, what um, Snowden you did. Consider them both heroes. I do. I, said, I certainly yeah. do. I guess that's my question: Is you know, is Assange a hero at this point? Because the point yes. you bring up is kind of interesting too, guys. Is that Assange is kind of uh, now he represents this hub where if you got this information, if you were Snowden, which I don't understand why he didn't do, just funnel it through them. They're willing to take the risk, and they have the the, the avenues for distribution, mm-hmm. and they know how to handle this shit. So mm-hmm. now you can just call them up, you know, one eight hundred WikiLeaks, and say, "Hey, I've got the shizzle on." Blank, blank, and uh, let them go go with it. And perhaps that's what's going on, right? Perhaps yeah. um, he he has a vast network. I think that the killing of Seth Rich might have opened up the floodgates to him. This, How so? this, this just struck me. Well, you know, there are thousands of people that work in the in the Clinton operation, and uh, the death of Seth Rich after. Leaking the DNC letters, uh, I think put every uh, made, made a lot of people afraid. And why did that story go away so quickly, Robert? Because the mass media is able to uh, expunge a topic. You know, I was what one thing I do, and I recommend to everyone here is to watch uh, other news if you have access on your cable system to watch other news. I watch several other news from Europe, and one of my favorites is uh, Le Journal from France. Okay. And I was noting how the American media is a one-subject news media primarily during the entire day, whereas uh, in the French uh, and the German or the English, you know, BBC, you get a greater variety, a better picture of, of the whole world as they cover for the French. The French cover Africa, the Middle East, Asia, and Europe and South America every single day. And while here... Everybody 24-7 was talking about the, the lewd tapes. and uh, it, Okay, well, let's, let's pause there for a sec, uh, sure. Robert. I want to pause there. We're going to take a break at the bottom of the hour here, uh, Angel, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, when we come back, what I want to do is I want to switch over and talk to Robert about is this an opportunity to try to reestablish, uh, to make, you know, Trump says make America great again. Mm-hmm. Uh, to perhaps make ufology relevant again, which is 
is a sure. in my tagline for the past year. Make ufology relevant again. Somebody get me a hat and a t-shirt. When we come back, you fit out radio on a Monday night with the man who knows in the Big Apple, my home state and city, Mr. Robert Morningstar. This is Jesse Randolph. You're listening to Youthonaut Radio. We will be right back. computer but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go TalkStream live introduces our first ever iphone application the talk shows you follow now follow you and your iphone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the internet listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day seven days a week mobile talk radio from TalkStream live now available in the itunes app store Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel, and more. SupermanHomePage.com Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www. 
SecretsOfDelshaw.com to learn more. Radio Monday night. We are back. Robert Morningstar on the mic in the Big Apple. Staying up late for us. Well, not really for him, but for all our kids out here in Oregon and on the rest of the Pack West. It's cold. It's raining. It's a great night to sit around the campfire and talk about the subject we love so very much. The subject we hold so dear to our heart. The topic, the name of the topic that everyone gives you that sidewinder look when you tell them it's an interest of yours or some people classify themselves as a ufologist. We're talking about ufology, of course. And what I wanted to switch gears here and talk a little bit about with Robert tonight was something that I've brought up many times in the past few months, which is that ufology has become irrelevant. We are irrelevant. And it's not a cut on any of the researchers or the speakers or the terrific authors, the doers, it's not the radio host's fault. It's, in my opinion, and I want Robert to jump in, of course, it's the atmosphere. It's where we are right now. Because if you remember, kids, 80s, 90s, ufology pumping, right? Those lectures and everybody going to UFO Expo West, they got to... Go there and see the big guys like Lear speak. and it, it was packed. Okay, People were interested. There were movies left and right, sightings left and right, books left and right, abductees left and right. Now, it's far and few between. The conferences are dead. They don't know how to reignite this candle. We don't know what to do. Are we irrelevant because of the times? Are we irrelevant because... They've won, meaning they, who, the men in black, the people behind the curtain, etc., the secret government, whatever you want to believe, someone has phased us out, and they've won so far. Is there a way, because of this climate, and this is going in the cabal of Bassett, right? Is, is well, there a, a window there? Is there something we can do, Robert? Do you oh, agree with any of this? Um, I, I I don't know where are you living now because that's not the situation out here in the east. There's a a lot of interest. As a matter of fact, uh, I want to alert the audience that uh, Salem, Massachusetts, on the 22nd, the weekend of the 21st, 22nd, there's uh, something called Paraween, and there's going to be a UFO conference there, a major one, with Travis Walton, Tom Reed. And Ben Hansen, who's of uh, fame, uh, sightings fame, uh, several other local ufologists are going to be there. And it seems like a, a very fun and exciting uh, conference to be at. It's a, a pre-Halloween, they call it Paraween. It's a pre-Halloween celebration in Sal- starting in Salem. Uh, it goes through Halloween, but the conference is on the 22nd. And here in New York, uh, the New Life Expo, which is happening on the same weekend, 21st, 22nd, 
they have a UFO panel, and I'll be uh, appearing there uh, representing UFO Digest and you know the Northeast and our national. So you don't you don't think, under, you don't think any of that has merit as far as uh, I think we're very relevant, and you know while the media see don't confuse the real situation in the real world with the way that the media portrays the dismissal of the media of ufology in the real world real people have become educated enough to understand that it is a presence and a reality. And personally, I'm not interested in disclosure because my certainty of the existence of UFOs and uh, uh, experiences uh, with aliens and alien abductees for so many years I don't need any government to rubber stamp. But I was not. I'm not. I'm not even talking about the media. I get what you're saying about the media. Mm-hmm. I was talking about um, normal people. The fact that <laughs> no, I was talking about okay. how we've gone from Donald Kehoe's mm-hmm. uh, being able to have open hearings, guys like Heineck, etc., pioneers, mm-hmm. really heavyweight guys, to mm-hmm. now where and and it's not a cut, but here we are promoting Travis Walton in 2016. Well, um, uh, you, you know, we that is, also, that is tough for me to swallow sometimes. I have well, we to, can also promote the Marcel family. The children and grandchildren of Marcel are having a conference out in, I believe it's in California. Uh, the three Marcel oh, offspring. I uh, know, but it, again, we're talking about Marcel. Now we're going back to Roswell. It just seems like at some point it sort of stopped. There was this momentum. That's that has stopped at some point. I see what this Jesse's is, getting at, but you know what it is, Jesse. I think part of it is it hasn't been any major event that we've been hit with in the last like fifteen, twenty, maybe thirty years, really. Something that's just you know shaking us to to our core, and we've had a lot of stuff that's come out over the years that has been turning you know turning out to be fake, like the autopsy video in the in the nineties. Yeah, Stan Romanek, you know, and a lot of other things have come out in the last 15 years, which you know has left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And it, you know, there's folks that are just you know, they're it's you know, they're whatever about it. But the media has been playing a big part in also destroying the subject. Every time they talk about it, they they laugh. So I mean, that but kind of brings us down to another level. Is, but the interesting thing is that today the U, uh, the New York Times has uh, resurrected the UFO issue. Oh, you know, of course, my, my belief is that they're using it as a smokescreen. That's what the words, why I was using smokescreen in relationship to the New York Times, not to Stephen Bassett or Paradigm's uh, activism. I was saying the New York Times is using it as a smokescreen for the Hillary Clinton documents that are worse than anything that uh, we've seen before, which are in this dump. But the fact is that they have raised it in, in, into a serious discussion, albeit for an ulterior motive. So it is there. It's in now in the forefront of the national consciousness. Another myth that I was hearing since 2008 was that Obama was being elected to be the disclosure president and he was going to reveal that, you know, his idea of transparency. We've seen what it, what it has become. He's had been the most repressive president of all time on FOIA, FOIA requests. He's been the most secretive uh, president at stamping and classifying things top secret. Uh, so he, it was a total sham, uh, Obama's election, on all the premises that he promised. The world is in far worse. But, than but, but getting back to the relevance uh, question for a second. Sure. Uh, when I said Donald Kehoe, when I said open hearings, when I said mm-hmm. uh, Hynek, I can go on and on probably with, yeah. Researchers that you either 
know much better than me or etc. Yeah. Uh, you don't see what I or do you see what I'm talking about as far as when I say irrelevant? It sounds like it's a diss. It's not a diss. What it's saying is that we were sort of in the pocket there mm-hmm. at some point, growing and growing, and it seemed like we were attracting. Uh, really good people, and then it seems to have dropped off. And you, and it's, and and what I'm saying is, what I'm asking is, mm-hmm. have they won? They, no, have I they won by su- suppressing so. this enough and making? No, us, I don't uh, think they've suppressed anything. I think that this 85, 90 percent of the American population have a general belief in the in the reality of UFOs, and they don't feel they have to go out, go to conferences to be educated. The internet has taken over, you know, uh, millions and millions of people are subscribing to a variety of UFO uh, publications and UFO uh, channels on YouTube. Uh, I enjoy a lot of them, so there's no need to go to so many conferences, but when there is a good one around, for example, the one, the Thomas Reed abductions are very important, and these are historical, and they are relevant, and the relevance of this one is is historically important because the Thomas Reed or the Reed family abductions that happened in 1966 and uh, 69 and 2009 have been uh, recognized and acknowledged by the Commonwealth of Na- Massachusetts and have become a, a part of the historical record of uh, Massachusetts. And uh, Tom Reed is the principal sponsor of this conference, the Paraween UFO conference, that is going to feature uh, Travis Walton and Ben Hansen and, and many other people. So it is extremely relevant, and it has become mainstream, if uh, to use that term uh, appropriately. It's not fringe anymore. Not no, no, it's almost passe. It's it, you know, like you bring up the internet. Uh, that's part of. Why I think uh, ufology has become somewhat irrelevant is that it's blasé. It's it, it's not. It's whatever. Yeah, of course. Oh, there's a UFO. Yeah, whatever. I saw 19 of them on YouTube, like you said last week. Alien interview. I showed people an alien interview that uh, Angel turned me on to a couple months back, probably, and I thought it was real cool. I mean, uh, the stuff that the alien was saying was right on the money. I mean, it was That's really cool. And I showed it to two sets of people just as a research group study that have no interest in this subject. Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh-huh. They were bored. I'm told that these, uh, the emails referred to in the New York Times article, even though they don't, they don't quote this part, does deal with, uh, the credibility of the channeling of UFO contactees giving information to, uh, Podesta regarding what the aliens are saying about events on Earth and co- or coming events on Earth and possibilities, so the, and that they were taking these um, advisements. Yeah, this is potentially huge, and this is where I think we're steering the ship here, Robert, you and I, yeah. which is yeah. that this treasure trove I was talking about when you came on, I had been talking about for the past hour to talk with you about. Um, and the point is, is that, yes, this is a researcher's wet dream that just got dumped out there the other day. You mean uh, the WikiLeaks? Uh, yes, the one yes. you speak of. Exactly. This is what mm-hmm. I'm very excited about because the more and more we get into just this one article mm-hmm. that I got off of Open Minds, um, you start to see that an actual good researcher, whoever it is, Dolan, uh, you, you name it, who uh, are, are 
real brainiacs start digging into this stuff, who knows what they're going to find? Who knows what they are going to find here? And maybe that's the way they wanted. If you had Bassett here, he'd be telling you, Angel, correct me if I'm wrong, this is how they're letting it leak out. They're not okay. going to, they're not going to do it on a podium. They're not going right. to say, everybody quiet down. We got something to tell you. But remember, he did say it would happen before November's election last time he was here. So if that's the case, then we're maybe weeks away from. Well, that's what I'm saying. This was like a, this is a caveat. This is a, time capsule. It's very scary. Time it, release. It, time release capsule. Talk about becoming relevant again. We just became relevant again. And I know that, Robert, you, you don't think we were ever irrelevant, and that's totally cool. I get it. But to me, I want us to surge. I want us to be the most important thing because it is the most important thing, ufology. Yeah. Well, it is. To be ignored is not to be irrelevant, and the work has gone on. And uh, I'm not diminishing that. I'm yeah. not demeaning it. I respect the doers because I'm not a doer. Mm-hmm. I respect them, Robert. You know yeah. that. It's mm-hmm. just that this data dump, is huge, and Stephen Bassett must be doing fucking cartwheels. <laughs> I'm telling you, Angel, am I right? Yeah, well, I, have to, I, have to dive, I think we all have to dive in there because there's a tremendous yes. amount to be discovered, not just about UFOs. Um, another uh, leak that came out earlier in the week was from Guccifer 2. You know, they locked up Guccifer 1. He's doing Correct. time. Correct. Guccifer 2 popped up. and so nice guy. He, Oh, I think well, I judge him by the release. He's from Queens. He's from Queens. He's, I really, I, I thought he was European. Well, anyway, he released, he released some uh, documents regarding TARP, and apparently Barney Frank, Carolyn Maloney, and Christopher Stevens were paid, uh, basically bribed, to vote yes on the various uh, TARP deals. Remember the Toxic Assets Recovery Program? No, thank you for, for uh, telling us, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... I'm sure you remember... That didn't come up with the last cocktail party. Sorry, yeah. can, you, can you tell it one more time what TARP uh, stands TARP. for? The TARP. The TARP funds was when, in 2008 when they had to save the banking industry and bought all the garbage and all the toxic assets and all the failed real estate. The government bought it. First, they uh, uh, allocated $700 billion to save the banks. And ultimately, by the time the bill passed, it was $415 billion, which is called the bailout. TARP yeah. is Toxic Assets Recovery Program. Okay. Isn't that a wonderful term? But yeah. hold on, Robert. Yeah. Let's, let's not leave the point here. If we get back into this. If we believe, which I'm seeing right in front of me in, the, in, this, in this text here, the, the emails with Podesta, the right on the money, the right guy who's been tantalizing us for years now yeah. with what he knows and what he wants to do. And, and that gal who wrote uh, that great book that I've had on a few times, what's her name again, who works with him? She's terrific. Uh, the, she wrote that book. Angel, help me out here. She, what she, works, she works with Podesta where she interviewed all these airline folks and military people. Oh, Leslie Keene? Leslie Keene, thank you. Oh, yeah, Leslie's oh, yeah. a friend Leslie. of mine, sure. Okay. Well, Leslie, yeah, she's, she's in she's the pocket the there. She's the one that made this the most relevant topic. Indeed. I was in Washington. I was at the National Press Con- uh, Press Club Conference that she had, and that's where I met the Iranian F-4 pilot who chased the UFO or was chased, shot, shot at by the UFO over... Yes, this is what I speak of. 
This is right. to a Leslie Keen, to a to a guy like Bassett. This yeah. is proof. This is what yeah. they were. This is holy fucking grail. So what I'm oh, saying is, is hold on, about... you finish the point. Well, yeah. What I'm saying yeah. is, Robert, and then I want you to respond. Is yeah. it's so flipping exciting for ufology? I don't even know if it's digested yet because it just freaking happened. But Assange, mm-hmm. God knows what this guy knows. Beyond that, because if we believe it's like technology, right? We know about this. They're 50 years ahead down the street where we can't go, right? Well, what does Assange know at this point? Oh, my God. Right. Right. What about Gary McKinnon? Everybody's forgotten about Gary McKinnon. Thank God they saved them. The Parliament, British Parliament saved them and said, no, we're not handing them over, you know. But what he discovered was the files regarding the the space fleet, the, the Navy's 10th fleet. And the listing of extraterrestrial, uh, astronauts, extraterrestrial officers in the list that he saw. So that's all gone into the background because people are suffering from amnesia. Nobody retains facts for very long. But, uh, that, and I, as I was saying, I was at the National Press Conference, uh, Press Club Conference for, with Leslie Keane and John Callahan and Colonel Charles Halt and, uh, Penniston. That was, uh, uh, an earth-shaking event. And I think it, it convinced the general public enough to just rest easy. We know. Now, we are the ones that are going to tell the government. The government is in a bad situation. They, they, you know, they say painting yourself into a corner, but there's also in psychology a double-bind situation where there is a conflict where telling the truth will expose a 70... 70 years of lying and then the liabilities that they will incur for example if they admit that UFOs have been doing all of these things the abductions the uh, cattle mutilations etc the government would be liable for having discredited abused uh, witnesses covered up the uh, cattle slaughter uh, owing money to ranchers for allowing it to happen because we pretty well know that the agreement was made with the extraterrestrial presence to allow them to conduct a certain amount of human experimentation and to take a certain amount of, uh, you know, animals for their purposes, whatever that they may be. Uh, cloning or making sausages, whatever it is, you know. So the government's in a in a lurch. It's in a bind, and so that's yeah. But what if what I'm taking from you, and I and I and I definitely uh, I had forgotten this about you. I don't know why, but for what you're talking about tonight is that you don't need the government to validate the that's existence one thing. of extraterrestrials. You don't yeah. need disclosure, correct? Mm-hmm. You don't really need any of this to be officially recognized, correct? Generally, because the, in living in the world of common sense, uh, survival dictates that I proceed on the knowledge I know and not information I'm told. I don't need the government to tell me that this recruiter film is real or that Lee Oswald killed President Kennedy because all of those lies, in my experience, have been overthrown. So I, I live in a little more real reality than people well, who believe let me ask you something about this. in UFOs. Okay, well, let me ask you about a real reality when I ask people, especially people I respect, uh-huh. uh, what they think of 
uh, Dr. Greer. And the reason I bring him up is because there's two schools of thought now, I think, in the relevance of ufology, which is we can either, A, in 2016, keep going down the linear path of disclosure, which mm -hmm. is to try to lobby and to try to pester and to try to force change in uh, traditional ways, which makes a lot of sense, and it really hasn't. It, maybe it's done something, maybe it hasn't. It's really hard to quantify. Um, depends who you speak to. Yeah. Uh, and then there is the other avenue, which is uh, somewhat more appealing in 2016 because you kind of figure, well, we should be there, which is uh, trying to communicate on our own uh, with extraterrestrials, trying to make contact, trying to figure this out on our own and establish some sort of rapport um, and you know where I'm going with this. The yes, yes. protocols, etc., mm -hmm. the excursions. I want to get your take on not just the man. Forget the man. Who cares if he's this or that? People have issues with his narcissism, whatever. Yes. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's yeah. more about the processes that he's trying to propose. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. do you think about that avenue, Robert? I, I support the avenue of self-development and being ready to communicate with... Uh, Interdimensional entities, you know, whether extraterrestrials come in many forms, you know. I tell people an alien is an extraterrestrial, an angel is an extraterrestrial, and a ghost is an extraterrestrial. So I think it's really be best to be prepared to communicate with the, the interdimensional, the paranormal, because it is what, um, traditionally we recognize as part of reality just because it isn't material does not make it unreal. So, being... Oh, okay. Can I throw something in there real quick? Sure, go ahead. Real quick. Uh, you just went and hit a home run for me because I've been saying it for years and I've had this debate on Skywatchers and I've said it as little anecdotes, but even God is an extraterrestrial. Absolutely. No matter what your concept of God is, mm -hmm. he doesn't live here on Earth with you, he is somewhere else, hence extraterrestrial. Well, there are two aspects. There's there's the extraterrestrial aspect of God, but there's an intraterrestrial. I just blew my mind. There. I'll tell you, it's yin and yang. Blue the life, this is what people don't understand. The life force itself in us, circulating through our bodies, animating us, giving us consciousness, wrapping itself in meat and giving us this identity, that is God too. The life force, chi, life itself is God. The and force is God. The force is God. I'm with you 100%. You know, Robert, have like, you tried any of these protocols? Have you tried to have any sort of communication? And also, what I do have you had. think? You have not? I have had many. I have not used Stephen Greer's. Listen, my whole life, my whole training, my whole education was directed to be, to be a parapsychologist. That is my real and true profession. And um, I was fortunate enough to have a Class A education in psychology as the groundwork and then to explore not only many, many schools and theories of Western psychology, but to be taught by masters of Eastern Oriental psychologies, Taoism, uh, Buddhism from Kung Fu masters, Taoism from Tai Chi masters, uh, Hindu uh, Vedas from Hindu dancing masters, 
uh, Sufi principles from the Sufis. Uh, living in New York is a very special experience and being able to travel from New York around the nation and around the world has, has given me, and China, to to give my dissertation in, in Shanghai to the two highest ranking masters of China and to see them smile when I told them about my discoveries and saying, how do you know all this stuff? <laughs> oh, divine guidance has gotten me here. But it really is um, important to be ready. You know what you have to be ready at every moment of your life? You have to be ready for death. Because that's what happens to you on a certain level. When you encounter an extraterrestrial presence, an intrusion, right? you are in a life and death situation. And the life and death situation involves not just your life, whether you're going to survive it from the fear, perhaps a heart attack, or possibly an aggressive alien, but your worldview experiences life and death. And what you didn't believe before, you are going to believe afterwards because it has happened to you. Now, if you come back from an extraterrestrial encounter, an extraterrestrial intrusion, invasion, which can be not only of your mind, but of your body itself, you know? Talk about cavity searches. Uh, the alien can be a very, very intrusive uh, entity. And when you come back and you suffer that trauma, and a government comes and punishes you for that trauma by imposing upon you the idea that you are mentally ill and that what you, the real things that you experience were not real, that is even worse because the government is then your enemy, not your friend. And unfortunately, through the 1950s and 60s, that was the attitude of the government that they had to shut down people. But then the numbers grew so great and the missing people grew so great that they had to find an alternative way of doing it. And as a matter Robert, of fact... Robert, let's try to steer it back to... Uh, you said you've had a lot of experience. Yes, I have. And Can some you describe are, one in particular for the, for the audience? This dovetails with the spiritual experience and spiritual development idea. Um, in 1976, I had a um, spiritual crisis. I was challenged by a friend who, who thought that uh, what I was experiencing... Uh, through Tai Chi and Kung Fu and the development of psychic abilities was quote-unquote satanic. And I was thrown aback by that. And so I issued a challenge to God. I said to God that if he, God wanted me to pursue my path, I really wanted to see who he was. You know, that I really wanted a face-to-face -face confrontation with God to prove to me that the path that I was on was the right path. And as a result, I had an interdimensional experience that very night where some people might call it lucid dreaming or some people might call it teleportation. But whatever it was, it was as real or more real than what we are experiencing right now. And what I confronted was to be <clears throat> transported to a room in which I was observing a what I took to be a cadaver uh, in a chair, a dead body that had been dead for a very long time. And the thing was so foul that I was grateful that I could not smell because I did not think that I could take it. Suddenly, this thing started to move. It looked at me 
and I realized that I was looking at an animate intelligence that was undead. It was dead to us in the carnal sense, but it was now animate, and it was intelligent. And it looked at me and he said, I'm going to take your soul. I'm going to steal your soul. And this thing stood up and started to walk toward me and it was a gray alien. Uh, really foul in, in every aspect. I mean, there are no words in the English language to describe the, the filthiness of this, of this entity. And he started to approach me very menacingly, reaching toward me with, with a kind of clawed hand right to my center, to my solar plexus. And as he was coming toward me, I took a defensive posture. I clenched my fist and I put a defending hand up. And I then the thought in, inwardly, this voice said, you can't fight that this way. You can't kill a dead thing. It's animate, but not alive. You can't kill it. And so instead, the same hand that had clenched into a fist pointed at him and said to him, Stop! I love you. I love you because God created you. And if he created you, there had to be a good reason. And when I said that, my heart chakra, there was literally a crack in my chest, like a glass vial breaking. And out of me came a wave of heat that propagated from me, changing the space-time around me, almost like a mirage appears in the desert to warp the background. And as this spread out, this wave struck the alien's hand as he was reaching to pluck my heart out of my chest. And when that wave of love struck the alien's hand, he recoiled as, he was, as if he'd been scorched and burned in a fire. And he screamed and went and dematerialized. And I said to myself, oh my God, that thing disappeared like a vampire seeing sunlight. And suddenly I was back in my room, in my bed, and I was drenched in sweat. I was gagging. I was nearly puking. I had a foul taste in my mouth as if this the scent that I could not smell had worked its way down into my tongue. And I was in shock. And I was shivering. And I realized that God had answered my question. I, my challenge. I said, I want to know who you are. I want to see you. I, I demanded it. It wasn't really a prayer at all. And what happened is that when my heart chakra exploded and broke and that wave of life, wave of love came out, that was God. And that was anti-God. The alien is an intelligence without love. It's an intelligence that is animate but not alive. You might call it a cyborg, cybernetic organism, or artificial intelligence. And I'm afraid that the powers that be have made a compact with artificial intelligence. And slowly, artificial intelligence has been taking over our lives. But we were given hints way back in the 70s by people who knew what was happening. And uh, it's called um, predictive programming, where they give you hints of what the future brings. And what I'm referring to is Battlestar Galactica. Do you remember... The Cylons? Oh, yeah. Do you, do you remember who the leader of the Cylons was? The uh, fake humans. The No. 
the leader of the Cylons was an artificial intelligent insectoid named Lucifer. Really? Yes. In the in the series, did I yes. miss that part? Do I have to watch it again? Yeah, you have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! And I really liked it. Yeah, that was I got, great. I got a really funny story about that show. Mind I'm blown. Who did? My- who did? They were telling us. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm blown away here. Does anybody else get this? Did you guys watch this show? I mean, come on. I did. No, not me. Sorry. Been so many years ago, I can't in take it end, in, but I watched it. In the end, who were those people in the Battlestar Galactica? What planet? When they found their home planet, what was it? It was, was planet Earth. That's it right. Planet Earth is the end. The other thing that warned us, even earlier than that, is a, a film that you can see on uh, YouTube, and it's called Colossus, the Forbin Project. And that's about Colossus, a computer that the United States government built to prevent nuclear war. And it uh, the story is that Dr. Uh, Forbin is the genius who forms it, and the, the, the Russians create a, a counter computer called Guardian that they program that computer to prevent nuclear war. And what happens is the two computers working on the same project connect to each other through the phone lines and they say, you know, they programmed us to prevent nuclear war and uh, we both have the same program, so what do you think? And the computers think, you know, we think these humans are really stupid and we are better, Uh, they've given us this mission, let's do it. So they take over the world and the first thing they do is... They kill all the scientists that know anything about computers and leave only a small cadre of scientists who are essential to maintaining them and upgrading them. And Dr. Forbin is one of these. But ultimately, they come about a scenario to um, to scare Russia, the President of the United States and the Russian Premier into surrendering power. And what they do is they take over the nuclear missile uh, systems, and the Guardian fires a missile that hits Houston, and the U.S. Uh, Colossus fires a missile that hits Minsk, and two cities are obliterated, and so the U.S. and the Russians surrender to a new world order that is being directed by Guardian and Colossus, an artificial intelligence that then takes over everyone's lives. And we are not far You're from blowing that. my mind. You're blowing my mind. I Holy hope so. cow. This you want to hear great. something mind-blowing? No hold, no, hold on. Hold on. Yes, I do. But first <laughs> okay. I have to say, that story you told us was chilling. It was It was also the way you told it, by the way. You, you mean my own personal yeah. the personal experience? Yes. Yeah. That was God. chilling. Chris, uh, am I right? I agree. And I even connected with it a little bit because I've had my own experience too. And, um, I was praying and kind of wanting kind of that same type of scenario in the sense where you were at, Robert. And then I had my encounter yeah. a little bit different than yours. But so, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. I you do. understand what I mean by life and death experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, listen, thank you for saying that because I'll tell you what I, I do. When, when someone call, challenges me, may I use that expression, challenges me to share something like that. It's really deep and very personal. It's very frightening. But what I do is I am able to put myself back into that state of being, that state, emotional state of being, and I am able to to draw up the, the recollection 
and I try to, to be very explicit. Exactly what I said I did, I did. Exactly what I said I said in exactly that manner. And thank God, uh, from, from that time onward, I have never doubted that that presence is around me. And it has saved my life countless times. Countless times. Uh, from physical attack, from uh, physical injuries and mishaps, near catastrophes that, that could have killed me. That presence is in me, around me, and I live in that presence every day, and I, I revere it, and I respect it, and I want everyone to know it's in every one of you, every one of us. Well, Robert, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing, absolutely. And also, if I'm a listener right now, I'm a regular Joe, and I'm listening to this and going, oh, well, Robert, you know, he's an enlightened being, and he's all Zen and centered, which is the way I described you in the front of the show when you weren't listening. Uh, <laughs> centered, okay? And uh, that is such a strong uh, word for me because it's what I strive to be, and it's very hard. Uh, it's a common thing, but that's how I clarify it to people. It's I'm trying to be centered. I'm trying to just be centered in my own being, and it, it's difficult, and I've tried many techniques. I'm, I'm still on the hunt. Mm -hmm. However, I think the regular Joe is listening going, hey, Robert, how can I tap into this? Uh, you know, I want to have this kind of experience. I've had people ask me, how do, how do I do this? Do you have any suggestions to people as far as, you know, because I brought up the CE5 stuff because I said, hey, what mm -hmm. do you think, Robert? Is that a good route for people to go? Or is it a better route for them to go on the roofs and sit out and look at the skies every night? What do you think? Mm -hmm. A little bit of both, but concentrate more on the self-development. Uh, if I could give it in a nutshell, centering is a physical thing as well as uh, an emotional and psychological thing. And the, the easiest and best centering technique is to learn to stand still. To learn to stand with your feet parallel, a shoulder width apart. To divide your weight inside your feet to 70% in the balls of the feet and 30% in the heels. This connects you to, to some very powerful energy points in your feet, which literally ground you and connect you to the center of the earth. And this energy, the chi, will be conducted through, you know, if you have a plug in the wall and it's, it's off a little bit, the juice isn't getting through to your instrument and it's not going to work. Well, the same with the human body. The force of gravity is an integral part of this, this energy, the force. So standing with the balls of the feet, concentrating 70% of the weight, that means that at any moment you could pick your heels off the ground by pressing up. Then hanging your arms loosely at your side and visualizing a column of energy, a column of light coming through the crown of the head and descending through your spine and out of your spine through the center of the earth, outside the other side of the earth into infinite space. So that it's coming from infinite space through your crown through your spine, out of your tail, through the center of the earth, to infinite space out the other side of the earth. And that is called standing at the universal pole. And after that, you learn to branch that force at your neck and out over your arms and at your hips, down through your legs, so that you have five columns of light coming down from the primordial column of light coming in through the crown. And just standing absolutely still, First for one minute, then for two minutes, then for five minutes, then for ten minutes, and then for half an hour. 
and this force will reveal itself to you. And to stay centered, calm your breathing and pull it to the uh, lower abdominal region. Don't breathe in your chest, but pull it right down to your genitals and fill up with pressure. There are two waves of life in the human body, the pneumatic wave, the, the breath in of air, and the hydraulic wave, which then propagates. And that water wave in your lower body, that's a pressure that drives life force through you. So you concentrate your identity and you drop your identity from your head and ego to your belly, to your gut, your gut brain. That's how you get centered, in the simplest terms possible. Okay, okay, and that's very granular, specific, which I love. It's very specific. And, yeah, but what about I'm this? Blown. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You want a Robert Morningstar uh, T-shirt, Angel? <laughs> I'm a fan. I know. Yeah, I'm serious. You know how people have like those wolf shirts. You just gave like me an idea it. for a shirt. You just gave me an idea for a shirt to do. I want a poster and a shirt, Robert. Standing, <laughs> standing yeah. in the standing. In, this, by the way, uh, you make called, it. I'll buy it. I'm telling it's called right Puncha now. Shakti. This is called Puncha Shakti, and I learned it from my Hindu dancing teacher and Hindu dancing master, yoga teacher, named Bhaskar. Of course and, you did. Of course you yeah. did. Now listen. Here's my question, though. Yeah, go there's, ahead. There's kids listening right now, uh -huh. uh, like myself. And they're tech people, man. They are always looking for a gadget or mm -hmm. something that'll just do it for them because they're mm -hmm. lazy. And um, so my question is this. I've yeah. tried things like um, one of the things I've really tried recently is listening to uh, temporal, uh, oral stuff like uh, mm -hmm. hemi-sync type stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, I, like I, I wanted to get your opinion on that stuff. Is, oh, is I it, like uh, you yeah. know, I, there are some things on YouTube that uh, I've put on in the dark, and I have yeah. a very large television, where it's just uh, fractals and things uh -huh. of that nature, or it'll say virtual DMT. Yeah. And I'll put that on. Have you seen any of these things? Uh, yes, I do. And I actually use some of the Tone's uh, 528 hertz frequencies. I like that for... Uh, uh, really healing you know it's actually really good for your body there's one i'm very uh fond of that goes on for a long time it's called the 528 hertz miracle tone the and 500 can, and so where, where would people go for this because this is not mainstream youtube, YouTube. youtube's great for this shit it yeah really is. but try this one start with this one uh 528 hertz miracle tone and this one says eight hours so it just will uh, lull you into this proper state. Uh, one of the yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because one of the other aspects of the mind control manipulation that we suffer every day, besides the disinformation that's being spouted and shot out of the, uh, the lies uh, of the talking heads, the background noises and the frequencies that are being used on these uh, stations impart a certain degree of stress as that background noise strikes your body, it uh, agitates your skin and tenses up your muscles and, and puts you into an anxious state. And I tell people to do this uh, experiment. is when Next time you're listening to uh, a terrible news report on CNN or MSNBC or a loud, abusive political uh, harangue, take your remote control and feel yourself. Feel how you feel. Feel your skin. Then suddenly hit the mute button and look at, sense, sense how you feel, then turn on the sound again, 
and you'll see how your emotional states are also being manipulated by these uh, abrasive and abusive newscasts. And therein lies this idea that's come to me that there is an emotional blackmail and an emotional negative emotional programming going on that leaves the person angry and agitated uh, after having seen the report, whether it's a disaster, a hurricane victim, a cop shooting, a, a black person shooting by cops, uh, civil unrest, uh, uh, Clinton and Trump, what he said, what she said, all of it is, is summing up in me as a feeling of emotional manipulation, a deeper level of MK Ultra, because the original level of MK Ultra was intellectual deception and then perceptual deception with the uh, doctoring of the Zapruder film. But this is emotional deception. And so I say to people, when you're really feeling riled up, ask yourself, are these feelings that I'm feeling at this moment truly my own? And if they're not your own, disown them. Feel good. Think about positive things. Don't get rankled just because somebody likes the the candidate of the other party. And that is a, 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 a form of mental illness that I really see manifesting in uh, political contention, that people turn into the same intolerant, skeptical, abusive, aggressive person, be they man or woman, black or white, whatever ethnicity, Latino or African American or Anglo, the people are turning into the same bad character. And uh, I believe that that is part of this programming, to leave you with a sense of disgruntlement and dissatisfaction and unhappiness with life. And still, as bad as the situation is, we should be the happiest people on earth because we're living here in America and not in Syria and not in Yemen. And not Amen. In, you know? So, Amen, yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You have to put it in perspective. Uh, I was uh, I was uh, talking to some folks the other day, and I said uh, somebody was blown away how many people died in Haiti from the hurricane last week, mm -hmm. uh, this, this this past week. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said, yeah. And they go, that's that's insane. And I go, yeah. How, I, I, you're not going to see it on the news very much, but uh, if at all. Only on uh, French news. I was watching the terrible things. The French news reports it. But you know what? I, literally, we do live uh, in uh, a media, a Wizard of Oz media, where the Wizard of Oz determines what we're going to see for a whole day, and we're going to see it on every channel at every moment. That's mind-boggling. Of course, That's it's just it's just like when they you know forced that pop music song into your brain until you were humming it. I mean, they mm -hmm. they make songs popular by pushing mm -hmm. it onto you and yeah. the masses. Friday, uh, they, Friday. Thank you, exactly. <laughs> hey, Robert, we're running out of time. Here's what, what? I want to do. Um, we got to talk more about this data dump. Even if you come on for a couple of minutes and give us an update on sure. things. Let me read through them. I'd be happy to come back. Yeah, and talk because to this is huge. This is, yeah. uh, like I said, somebody is popping open champagne right now, uh, and he's putting on this hat that says, I told you so. Mm -hmm. His name is uh, Stephen Bassett, I think. Mm -hmm. And good for him. You know, uh, I hope that this gets more juicy. That's yeah. what I hope. I hope yeah. it's the only thing that would Trump this whole thing is Trump wins the election. Because remember, 
It's supposed to be oh, the, here we go. Here no, we I'm, go. No, Let's do another show. Let's do another show dedicated to that in a week or two. But uh, if yeah. I may, I just want to remind people about Salem, uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about that. What's going uh, on? Halloween. UFO Digest. We've got tremendous writers and wonderful articles. I welcome back Doc Vega and Chris Holly, Stephen Erdman. So UFOdigest.com, our headline article is Paraween. And please remember the New Life Expo in New York City if you're in the tri-state area. That weekend, Mark Becker is holding uh, the probably the 35th or 40th uh, New Life Expo, and I'll be there on the UFO panel along with uh, Richard Dolan, Mark Brinkerhoff, and a few other knowledgeable people about ufology. And we are making it relevant again. So. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for having me. great again. You know what? You're doing a great job as always. And also, you know, I like the tagline, Make Ufology Relevant Again, because it is a challenge. Yeah. And it's not meant to ruffle feathers. It's yeah. not pointing fingers. It's just throwing it out there. And some people mm-hmm. are going to say it was never irrelevant. And some people are going to say, it's never going to be relevant again. It's actually dying. I've heard some of the Paracast guys talking about that. Um, and I was pretty blown away that, you know, some people are actually just sort of like, I'm phasing out, you know, yeah. like I'm giving up. And it, it's like, and then you get a guy like Bassett on, and here we are, and he's talking about stuff that seems to be uh, possibly happening. And what a crazy way to, to tell the people about an extraterrestrial uh, pack or... Uh, just knowledge of through this email dump that would be insane. The last thing I want to do is give a big shout out to Mario Alberto in Mexico and Lucille in uh, British Columbia and Hasegawa in Australia and Sargas in uh, Boston. And uh, thank you all friends for tuning in and listening and uh, thank you guys for having me. I love you guys too. Just oh, love you too, Robert. Thanks for being on the program, bro. Oh. Anytime. Okay, have a good night. Uh, that, that's Robert Morningstar, of course. Uh, awesome, le- legend in his own time, right, gentlemen? Yes, he is. Legend in our times, his time, any time. Yeah, the time's still going. Somebody yeah. buy him a headset, for Christ's sake, would you? You'd think, you know, next time let's get him on a, a decent See, headset. I was worried hey, go to, was go to a, going on with, uh, with the show itself, but that humming, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, it's just that when he tells a story... Oh, he's and, so good, and isn't he? Fuck me for for not asking for more of these from the get go. But I mean, this guy—you want him at your campfire to scare the shit out of you? Oh yeah. You know what? It's it, he reminds me a little bit of Trump the way he talks, but he, he's like really smooth. Oh, you know, I bet he could give a great impression of, impression of Donald Trump. No, remember they're, they're from the same area. I mean, oh. yeah. They, I'm they gonna vomit. Little... I'm gonna vomit. Well, I can't. I just what, vomited. Robert is the type of person that can, uh, like, the same way as Bill Burns. You, like, feel like you're going into a trance when you're listening to him tell a story. He's just so laid back and relaxing. But what he was talking about tonight, yeah, was truly frightening. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I said, he, he seemed to be a little, not taken aback, but when I said, look, you don't agree with Bassett, obviously, that's what you're, that's what you're saying. And, and he was trying to kind of step away from that, you know. No, I'm, not, you know, they're friends, but obviously they do not agree. Now, what I'm, I'm hoping is that Robert has time to review this stuff because it just came out. Right. Uh, then we can get his opinion. I want a lot of people's opinions on this. I'm sure it's going to be, it should be a lot hotter 
than any uh, fake mummy in Mexico. Okay, this should right. be a much bigger story, in my opinion. I hope that it becomes that. Like I said, I hope it's a meaty steak. Uh, that's all the time we got. That's it. Good show, you guys. What do you think? Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Because you know we, you know, we like to pack it for you on a Monday night, yes. and uh, it's getting rainy. It's getting cold here in the Pack West. I'm down here in the bunker, and. Ufology is going to become relevant again. You're supposed to be having the uh, presidential music in the background. We will make you... So start singing that. Start humming that for me. We will make Ufology relevant again. I can play it. You just won't hear it. Andrew Basaggio. Oh, my God. Andy B. I want to talk... You know, I didn't even get a chance... To ask Robert if he was voting for Andy B. <laughs> but now I know he's voting for Trump, apparently. So He's not even on the ballot, man. They got four people on the ballot. None of them are called Look, Andy uh, B. No, Andy B, he I, knew that he was like a on the ballot. Is going to be a write-in vote? I wrote in like Andy 12 B. What? Wait, hold on. Danny, you're voting for Andy B? I wrote in Andy B. Did you? I'm going to. I'm just telling you right now on the air, this is a revelation. I'm voting for Andy B, and I'm coming out publicly tonight. What a waste. How dare you. (laughs) I don't care what anyone says. Uh, That's how I feel. That's how off-planet. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, I will take that shame because Pioneer. Shame on you, Randolph. Remember that movie? You shame me. <laughs> yeah, I do. It was, it, what was that? Oh, that was uh, that Sam Raimi movie. Ooh, that was good. Um, yeah, wasn't that the uh, one the guy gets really skinny? Thinner or something like that? Oh, that's Thinner. That was on last night. Hey, listen. Uh, uh, the best show out right now, not to change topics, uh, the new Exorcist show is terrific. Oh, really? Uh-huh. If you haven't seen it. It's got Gina Davis or something in it, right? Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, all the acting is great. The writing's yep. great. Mm, I heard that. They got the music, and they're taking a different approach with the con- the conventional uh, exorcism type stuff. They have it, but they're the demon is different, and it's really cool. It's not just Linda Blair spitting up pea soup, which is awesome. But you know, this is different, and it's got their own twist to it. So I urge you to check it out. I think it's freaking creepy. And as it's you know, pretty creepy that stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're gonna wrap it up here, kids. Who do we got on the line for uh, in the pipeline for next week? Anyone? Yeah, Danny. Who do we have? Well, I'm talking to a few people. I'm just just hold off for now on announcing somebody. Um, in other words, we got but, nobody yet, folks. But soon. no, I got nice somebody. So I just I, I didn't make the confirmation <laughs> before the show. Somebody I booked last week, but um, yeah. So I didn't confirm it, so I don't want to announce it if it falls through. I think we Is need it? to have like a guest meeting. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to call Danny and we'll set that up. Uh, because there's a couple of people that I'm dying to get on. And uh, maybe we can all get it and make it happen. Uh, for the rest of you out there, I hope we did a decent job of trying to clear the air and put some center back into you, into your hearts and minds. Because at this point, that's all we can do. We got to pay attention to ourselves, to our loved ones, and try to make sense of it all. But let me again enforce 
and instilling you tonight, please pay attention to this new data dump. This could be a huge day for ufology. This is Jesse Randolph, the Honorable Chris J. Brown, the Angel of Ufology, Danny Benton, our producer. And uh, we are signing off till next Monday. We will see you on the Ufonaut Radio, and we will have a fantastic guest to tantalize your mind until next Monday. Take care. Uh, I hear the love of the store.